So we are in week two of our series called Mind Games. Last week we talked about this idea of shame. And I told you last week that I started with that word very specifically. Very, it was very important to me to start with that word out of all the words we could talk about. Because we talked about the fact that we're kind of all on a level, level playing field. That in order for us to have a month where we talk about some of these things that are so hidden, we need to talk about the idea of us being open to share. And not only for those of us that are going through things like this to share, but for those of us that are listening to not necessarily look at the person across the table sharing like they have grown a third limb or they have a horn growing out of their forehead, like they're absolutely weird. But understand that people actually go through these things and they need people to support them. And so there was three things that I left you with at the end of last week. The first one was that God knows those hidden blocks, the feelings, ideas, and emotions that we hide behind our perfect exterior because we're ashamed of sharing those things with other people. The second thing was that God loves us despite those hidden things. Behind our hidden exterior, he knows those things and he loves us despite those things. And we talked about this idea that true community kills the need to hide those things. That when we find our place, when we find ourselves in a place where we are uh, vulnerable enough to share, and when people are creating that space for us to share, then that's when we don't need to hide the blocks and we can start to work through it. And so we talked about that last week, leading up to tonight, where we're going to talk about anxiety, and next week we're going to talk about depression. Anxiety, Anxiety is this feeling of worry or nervousness, typically tied to some imminent event or something out of our control, something with an uncertain outcome. Anxiety comes in all shapes and sizes, and not, it's not particular about who it picks on. All of us have the potential to have some sort of anxiety or fear or worry. Threats, conflicts, fears, our own significance, our self-worth, just our survival mode, our security... Even the things that we believe, both true and false, these beliefs that we we hold on to, all of these things have a chance to cast worry and fear in our lives. I read this quote this week and it said, Worries cast shadows on our future. Worries cast shadows on our future. Stubborn anxieties work like petty thieves in the dark, in the dark corners of our thoughts as they pickpocket our peace and kidnap our joy. I would say that for all of us, to some degree or another, we all, at one point or another, deal with anxiety and with worry. For me, I have some certain situations where I know that I get uneasy or I get something, some form of anxiety. Um, I have this thing that every time there's a weird cell phone number that comes up on my phone, I think I've shared this with some of you before, every time a weird phone number calls, I get this certain jolt of anxiety or worry. When I see a a surprise bill come in the mail, I get a certain sense of worry and anxiety. Sometimes even having a long list of tasks or to-do things at home or at work puts me at unease and and is overwhelming, brings me some level of anxiety. And I realize as I say those things that some of those sound like first world problems to some of you. That for some of you in this room, either you or 
or maybe one of your friends deals with very deep-seated anxiety. Things that would keep you from actually making moves or talking or doing certain things. And I, and I, want, I want to say that we, we understand that that is a very real thing. But that anxiety doesn't define who you are. We're going to look at some verses tonight that talk about anxiety and give uh, a few ways to deal with that. And I wish that for some of you, I could just give you the perfect formula. I could just say, here, here are the perfect words to say. Here is this pill to take. Here is the certain actions that you do. And all of a sudden you could walk out of here and not have anxiety anymore. But it's just not like that. It's just not like that. But hopefully as we talk through these verses, as we talk about anxieties, we talk about building a community in which we have a safe place to share, that each of us can feel supported and start to feel less ashamed about sharing those things and we can work through what it means to have these things be a part of our lives. So tonight we find ourselves in Philippians. Philippians 4, verses 4 to 7. And this is what it says. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As you read those verses, you might just be hearing them for the very first time. You might look at them and say, oh, this sounds, this sounds super simple, what they're saying. just seems maybe kind of trite when it comes to anxiety. The person writing these verses is Paul. And as he writes these, he's in a situation that justifies him being maybe the king of worry and anxiety. This letter could have been written very differently. It could have sounded like this. I am overwhelmed with worry. I wasn't expecting any of this. I had asked you and all the other churches to pray for me that I would eventually make it to Rome to be refreshed and God would use me to reach the churches in Italy. But God didn't answer my prayer like we prayed it. And now I'm chained up in prison by Roman guards every single day. And at the same time, the churches I came to work for in Rome have abandoned me. I am consumed with anxiety about the future. My joy and my peace have been swallowed alive. The circumstances that Paul finds himself in would have totally justified him writing the letter like that. But yet that's not what the verses say. Instead, he writes this, verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Paul is encouraging us to find a life full of joy that comes from actively choosing. Actively choosing to choose joy regardless of our circumstances or the people around us. That we are to focus on God who will help us find joy in these situations. I know that when I get a weird phone call on my phone... Or I have an important meeting to go to and I have to speak and I'm, I feel nervous. I feel anxiety about that. My first reaction in those moments is not to find joy. My first reaction is not to rejoice about anything. 
But Paul is right in starting this section of his letter by encouraging us to refocus where our foundation is in these instances, where our basis for our thoughts come from. By choosing joy, we can at least give ourselves a chance of breaking out of some of the cycles that come with worry and fear and anxiety. Paul is chained in a Roman prison writing this letter to his friends in Philippi and and he chooses to rejoice in the Lord. Verse 5, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. In studying these verses over the last few days, I was thinking about this verse, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. We live in a society where we have gut reactions. Uh, we have gut reactions when we try new food. I was reading this verse and I thought about when uh, Melody wants me to try something new. I, I was thinking about the other day in the food court. Uh, we needed to get a snack and so she bought these wraps and they had rice paper and all of this stuff. And she was like, oh, you'll like it. Take a bite. And so I took a bite and there was like a big chunk of cilantro in there. How many of you like cilantro? It's like either you like it or it tastes like soap, right? That's, so I bit into it and, and I, I remember making a face. I just had this gut reaction to this thing. Like right in the middle of the food court. I did not like it. But that's how our society is. We have gut reactions to things. The new foods that we taste, the music that we hear, the people we see, the situations that arise. We have these gut reactions. And gentleness here, I think, refers to calmness or taking a breath before we react. Sometimes when anxiety or worry happens, or when it comes at us, we react And our first reaction is not calmness. When I see that phone number come up on my phone, I'm not thinking about just waiting a moment and thinking about it. I have a gut reaction. And most times our reactions are not rooted in joy or rejoicing. Our first emotion is to to go with our first emotion that pops into our head. And God wants us to know that he is near that we can take a breath, that we can think about the situation we find ourselves in, and that he is near, that he wants to help you through whatever you are going through, that the words of those songs that we sang tonight, how he loves us so, that his love is reckless for us, that it doesn't make any sense, that he wants to be near to us, that he is willing to come in gentleness And wants us to have humility ready for him to take care of us in those situations. For us to just take a moment when those those moments of anxiety and worry arise. And then here comes the part of the verse that sounds really too easy or even trite. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Well, there you go. There's the answer. Do not be anxious about anything. Anything is one of those like really all-encompassing words. Doesn't leave a lot of room for loopholes about the things that that Paul is saying we're allowed to be anxious about. And this is tough because it is a command in the Bible. It's written there. It's God's word. Do not be anxious about anything. And this verse isn't saying that we're never going to experience anxiety, that anxiety doesn't exist. It just says that there's an alternative to our normal gut reactions when anxiety arises. 
that the alternative is a repeated lesson of bringing our situations to God. That in that moment when we're able to take a breath, when we're able to have gentleness and calmness in that moment, that we can turn that over to God. That anxiety and worry and fear almost becomes like a trigger. I talked a couple weeks ago about uh, cashiers. Did I tell you guys that story? About cashiers, about every, every time I go through a lineup and I see a cashier, I think about the fact that that's a moment where I can, I can, I can be Jesus to that person in that moment. I can treat them well. I can choose uh, to be nice to them when maybe they've had a really bad day. And that's one of those triggers in which I'm reminded about my relationship with God. That's just one of those things I've set up in my life. And I feel like anxiety, instead of it just being a gut reaction where, where we're just thrown for a loop because of the way our day is going, instead we can turn it around and in that gentleness and that calmness in that moment, if we can think about it, we can use it as a trigger to remind ourselves that God is there and to turn our anxiety into a prayer where we are asking God to come into that situation and to be thankful that he wants to work in those situations, that his love is so reckless, that it doesn't make any sense why the God of the universe would want to be a part of my life, would want to show me any love in these situations when I feel like my mind is just going crazy. And yet he does. He wants to be a part of that moment. Verse 7, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This word and is very important. See, the peace of God comes from a life of repetition. If you're constantly dealing with anxious thoughts, then you need to be constantly, repeatedly bringing those requests to God. It's a learned thing. It's a learned repetition, bringing your requests to God. Continually bringing your worries and your fears and your anxieties. And the more we become aware of God in our lives by allowing him into those situations, the more we will experience the peace of God. If we pray once for something that we're anxious about or we're fearful of, I'm not saying God won't move, but he might not answer it right then and there because his timing is different than ours. So we have to continually be reminded about the things that God wants to do in our lives. We need to continually bring those requests to God. So there's two things I want to talk about tonight just as we close here. The first is context and the second is truth. I talked about my anxiety problems at the beginning and I would classify those as first world problems. Things that, things that I know don't compare to a lot of people's anxiety or fears or worries that they live with every single day. But we have to find ways to put these thoughts and situations or even the people that we come in contact with into context. When I get a phone call and it's a number that I don't know, I definitely don't stop and think about it. I have a gut reaction and all of a sudden my mind goes to like the very worst place. It's like somebody has found Melody on the side of the road in a car accident or... Um, we owe a bunch of money to a bill that I didn't know about, or something. And th- like, there's actually real fears in some of those things, but, 
But I also have to put my fear and my anxiety and my worries in context of what I know about God. I need to, in that moment when I have a first world problem about getting a phone call, I need to put that into context of the bigger picture. That no matter what happens in that phone call, that I still have a God that loves me and cares for me and is not going to leave me. I think about these things and they bring me worry or things that I fear or I have anxiety about. And looking at these situations, I can see where I've allowed things to take over all of my judgment and failed to see the light of the bigger picture. I've made that phone call bigger than God. I've made the bill or the list of to-dos bigger than God. It should be the other way around. I should have a bigger, better picture of what God's done for me, of his reckless love for me, of the fact that he would leave the 99 to find me in that situation rather than letting my fear and my anxiety and my worry overcome what I know to be true about God. So the second thing is that truth informs the context where we deal with our anxiety. Truth informs that context where we deal with our anxiety. And this is why prayer, like it talks about in Philippians, and reading God's word and knowing it is so important. The more we fill up on God's word, the more we will remember its promises and truth when we find ourselves being overwhelmed by these fears and these worries. The more we pray, first off, the less weird it will get for us. Maybe you don't pray a lot to God or you think that there's special words you need to use or, or a certain way that you have to do it. But even just a few words to God, he will know your motives. He will know what you're trying to say. The more we pray, the less weird it gets for us, and the more it becomes a practice and a gut reaction to worry and anxiety. And there's some truths that you have to remind yourself of when you come into those moments. And and for some of you, it's hard to think about those things, so you may have to write these down. You may have to find a verse that, that God really speaks to you with and have that in your locker or in the front of your textbook or in your wallet or your purse or whatever you carry around, fanny pack. I don't know what you guys carry around these days. But find a place where you can see that, where you can be reminded of it if you have, don't have it memorized. Here's some truths I need you to know. Number one, God loves you because of who you are and not because of what you do doesn't love you any less because you have anxiety or you have worry or you fear. God wants to carry you through your anxiety and your fear and your worry and bring you peace, not shame. God is not offended that we are anxious. But it gives him another opportunity in which to show how much he loves us and he cares for us. Number three, we need to experience God's grace in the midst of our anxiety See, God never promised that he would remove all of the fear and worry and anxiety. John 16.33 says this, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Not you may have trouble, not it might happen. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Even though we are anxious, God loves us and he accepts us. God wants us to be able to talk about the things that worry us 
And for some of you tonight, me just talking about you praying and talking to God seems weird. But that's why we have small groups. That's why we have small group leaders. That's why I'm here, if you don't find me too scary, to be able to talk about these things, to have people that love you and care for you right here in this room. But more than I can do, more than your small group leaders can do, more than your friends can do, God wants to walk with you in these things. God never promises that there won't be trouble. There won't be things that you will have to go through, but God wants to bring your worries, your fears, and your anxieties to Him and trade them for truth and comfort and love. So let's pray. God, we thank You for this evening. We thank You for this passage. And I just pray that as each of us on varying levels deals with worries and anxieties and fears, that we would... We would use that as a trigger to allow you to come in and to work in our lives. That we would, we would start having this repetition of bringing these things to you. Talking to you, allowing you to work and move in our lives. God, I just pray that for those that are here tonight that are seriously struggling with some deep anxiety issues, that you would bring them peace tonight. that you would break whatever is holding them down, bringing them so much worry and fear, that you would send your spirit to bring them peace, even now, God. I just pray for us as a youth ministry, as, as a group of people, as a community, that we would be open to supporting those who have worries, those that have fears, that they would feel free to share, and that we would have wisdom in being able to speak love and truth to our friends who are going through these situations, God. Let this be a place where we remember that you can work, that you can move, that you love us and you care for us, even when we're going through these things. We thank you for all this in your name. Amen.